Thank you. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. Thank you, Michael. By the way, let's just, let's just give Michael Simone, our formidable senior pastor, a round of applause for his leadership. Um, one, of the things, one of the things I'm excited about is just to learn from Michael. He's just uh, oozing wisdom left and right, and I've got a little journal. I'm going to start taking notes, and uh, it's going to be a great ride together. I am privileged to be here. My wife, Lindsay, is here somewhere. I think maybe she's up on the balcony with the kids, uh, so, so just wave up there to them. Uh, they're here. Uh, we've been married for 15 years. We have three kids, nine, six, and four, Rhett, Isley, and Lila, and we are blessed there's never a dull moment at our house, that's for sure. We just moved in um, this past week. Come on by, help us unpack some boxes. Man, we got a lot of stuff. Got a lot of stuff, man. Uh, but it's good stuff. It's good to be here. Uh, happy Father's Day. Let's give it up for all the dads in the house. Come on. Um, man, it is going to be a good day today. I've got a special Father's Day message prepared for you. Uh, We're actually going to jump right into Galatians uh, chapter 4. Let's go ahead and read that together. I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump right in. Sound good? You guys with me? All right, Galatians 4, verse 4. The words will be up there on the screen. Love technology. Here we go. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under law the law, that's us, so that we might receive adoptions as sons and daughters. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, saying, crying, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, Spring Branch, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Some huge, enormous ramifications for us and our lives, right? On Father's Day, we are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. Anybody thankful for that today? That's the message today. I could just pray and we could go go on with our day, but there's some good stuff in here about what our Heavenly Father says to us, what he whispers to us in our ear. I believe there's three promises that he wants us all to have embedded in our hearts, not just today, but next week, next month, next year, next decade, for the rest of our life. He wants us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are his sons and we are his daughters. I'm excited about what's going to happen over the next few minutes. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, who you are. Despite, uh, despite us, God, you love us so much. God, thank you for that truth of today. Thank you for each person in these rows. It's no accident that we are here today. You brought us here on purpose for a purpose, and that is to draw closer to you, our Heavenly Father. Bless this time, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen, amen. How many of you have felt invincible at some time in your life? Come on, be honest. Set your pride aside. Maybe you still feel invincible, unbreakable, unshakable. Uh, some, some of the women in the house just elbowed their husbands a little bit in the ribs. It's okay. Um, when I was a boy growing up in Ohio, the great state of Ohio, I thought I was invincible. Uh, partly because I loved Superman and dressing up like Batman and Spider-Man, all my favorite superheroes. Uh, It was a great time growing up in Ohio. But the biggest reason why I felt invincible was because I was Judge Krieger's son. Yes, my dad was a judge, 
uh, he could put you in jail, right? Uh, so I, my dad was the most powerful man on the face of the earth, or so I thought as an eight-year-old boy, maybe the most powerful man in Delaware County in Ohio, but hey, um, my dad was a pretty big deal. I thought I was a pretty big deal. I remember growing up and campaigning for my dad. His slogan was, firm but fair, Judge Krieger. I remember walking along door-to-door in neighborhoods, hey, vote for my dad, Judge Krieger, firm but fair. I like to say, I got my dad elected all those times growing up. I take all the credit, right? Um, so I remember going in parades and sitting on top of convertibles. My son actually sat on top of a convertible a couple years ago and sat alongside my dad and weighed and threw candy out at people. And um, growing up, that was my life, going to pancake breakfast. I thought I was a pretty big deal because Judge Krieger was my dad. Who's your daddy, right? Who's your daddy? So uh, I remember... Uh, one particular time, a little later in life, in college, actually, I'm cruising down the road, having a great time, listening to some favorite beats, and I am having a great day, beautiful day, sunshine, right? All of a sudden, I hear this. <laughs> yeah, not bad, huh? I don't know. It's kind of sad. It's probably, probably not a good sign that I'm good at that. Um, that sound's been a little personal to me too many times in my life, uh, but my wife has seen past that. I've been married for 15 years, and so thankful for that. But a cop pulls me over. I roll down my window, and he says, son, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, probably because I was going too fast. And he said, that's right. He got my license, looked at it, uh, and he said, oh, oh, you're Judge Krieger's son. And I kind of puffed out my chest of pride and said, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, good to see you. I'm going to carry on with my day. He said, why don't you take a walk back to my car with me? Whew, not a good sign, right? Not a good sign when the cop says, hey, come back to my car. So walk back to his car, sat in the front seat. He hands me his phone. He says, why don't you see what your dad thinks about this? <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, right? So <laughs> he hands me the phone. I call my dad. No lie, this actually happened. I call my dad. My dad answered the phone, hello, Krieger residence. And for some reason, the split-second decision I made, I handed the phone back to the cop and said, well, looks like nobody's home. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Nobody's home. He said, well, it's your lucky day. Uh, just slow down. Hope to not see you again anytime soon. And so I kept driving and carried on with my day. I told my dad a few years later, uh, I was like, remember that time somebody called you, nobody answered? He's like, no, I don't, I don't know. Well, that was me. And he's like, oh, okay, well, no big deal. Um, but the point of the story, the point of the story is don't lie to cops. Don't lie to your parents. Uh, and some of you are like, whoa, this is our new associate pastor? Oh, my gosh, this is embarrassing. All right, that was 20 years ago. I was in college. All right, I've come a long way since then, right? Um, the point of the story is this, is that we are, we are not above the law, right? We're, 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 we're not above the law. All of us are under the law, right? We are law-abiding citizens. There's stop signs. There's street lights, right? There's all kinds of stuff that helps us follow the law. We are under the law. We're not above the law. We may think that we're invincible at times, but, but the reality is, at the end of the day, we are subject to the law, right? We're subject to the law. The bad news is, um, is that there, there is a law that we are subject to, that we are under, and that law is what's spelled out in 
in Exodus chapter 20, right? The Ten Commandments. You guys know some of them. You, sh you shall not murder. You shall not lie. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not worship any other gods, right? If you've lied once, you're a liar, okay? We're all guilty. We all have this fine, um, this traffic ticket that's just, it's, we can't pay it. It's too much, right? And we've got a phone in our hand and God's in the other line and there's no way out of this thing. We are stuck, right? And we've got to answer to God at some point with our lives. We can't say, hey, I know, my, uh, I know Michael Simone. He's my pastor. I go to church every Sunday. I rock babies in the promised land. I tithe 10%. I serve, right? Um, they're, they're, we, we can't live good enough lives, right, to earn God's approval, to, 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 pay, to pay the price that we owe, okay? So th there's this law, and that's the bad news. We're stuck. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? That's all of us. The good news is, how many of you want some good news? I'll show the bad news first, because the good news is always sweeter when you know the bad news. The good news is, we're kind of a big deal because our dad's a pretty big deal, right? We are God's sons and daughters. Who's your daddy? God is in charge. He is, is rich enough to pay our fine, the ultimate fine, for the wages of sin is death. We cannot pay pay uh, the price for our sins, but God can pay it, and he did pay it. He paid it all on the cross, didn't he? That's the good news, is that when we receive God into our lives, we become his sons and his daughters, and that price has been paid once and for all by his blood on the cross. Now, we all can believe that. We all can say that. We know the Sunday school answer. It's Jesus. Yada, yada, Heath, it's Jesus. Yeah, he loves me, and he paid the price for my sins. How much, of that, how much of that truth is changing who you are as men, as women, as fathers, as mothers, as sisters, as brothers, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, wherever you go, does, the, does that reality impact how you live, your relationships? I believe our greatest potential, our greatest potential is, is available to us. We can be who God created us to be if we truly truly grasp the fact that we are his sons and daughters. He is our heavenly father, right? What if you believe that? What if every day you walked in that reality? I believe that, that God is, is trying to tell us three things through this, through this scripture passage. Through Galatians 4, uh, we're just going to read it. Read it again. He says, but when the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. The first promise God gives us, he says, you are safe. Our Heavenly Father says, you are safe. Turn the person next to you, turn to your neighbor and say, you are safe. You are safe. You are safe. And I don't mean uh, earthly safety, right? Um, we're, we're not safe in the earthly sense, right? There are storms. There is trouble. Jesus says, in this world, you'll have trouble. How many of you are either coming out of trouble, you're in the middle of a trouble, or you're about ready to go into the trouble, right? That's just the nature of life. In this world, you will have trouble. We're not safe from that. We're not safe from sickness. Uh, we're not safe uh, from, from different things. God washes over us, right? He protects us. But the only thing that is guaranteed, the only kind of safety that is guaranteed Airtight is our eternal safety, right? Are your sins forgiven? Are my sins forgiven? They are forgiven, period. 
It's unconditional. It's never stopping. It's always and forever. It's, it's never breaking. How many of us are seeking safety in this world? How many of us are seeking safety and security in our jobs? How many of us are trying to build a wall of security tall enough where we can sit back in our lazy boy and say, all right, I've got it. I'm shielded, I'm protected from all harm and trouble. I've got my safety, I've got my security piled up to a certain height, and I'm good. How many of us can say that? That salary, that number that you're shooting for, if I can just get there, it doesn't exist. There will always be another rung in the ladder to climb. Friends, this world cannot provide us the safety and security that we long for. Only Heavenly Father can the assurance, the guarantee that he is with us and for us and that our eternal safety is secured. It's guaranteed, right? How many of us need to remember that today and live in that reality today? You know, the biggest threat in this world isn't war. It isn't storms. It isn't hurricanes. Our biggest threat in this world, the most dangerous thing in this world is our sin, being stuck in our sin and trying to live life apart from God, right? John 15, 5 says, uh, apart from me, you can do nothing. The biggest threat is when we're stuck in our sin and we're just trying to live a good life and trying to, uh, trying to achieve approval and acceptance from God by doing good things. I, I was a, a wedding officiant recently. I have, had, have had the honor of officiating a lot of weddings. Uh, I was talking to the groom's father, and uh, before, the, before the ceremony, he just said, Heath, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about recently is that, you know, if you're just good in your heart, if you're just if you're just a good person, if you just have a good heart, I think, I think heaven is available to anybody, you know? Heaven's available to anybody. There, there's a lot of roads you can get, you can take to get to heaven. I think if you're just generally a good person, if you do good things, yeah, he- heaven awaits you. And I was just kind of smiling and nodding, and uh, he learned a few minutes later what my answer was to that. I, I preached a message during the ceremony, loved doing that. Um, and it was, the message was pretty clear that uh, we, are, we are sinners. The bad news is that we, we, being good isn't good enough. Andy Stanley, a pastor down in Atlanta, he says, being good isn't good enough. Yes, do good things, be a good person. At the end of the day, we are sinners, we are lost, uh, we, are, we are in darkness apart from the saving grace of God. That's where our safety is. How many of us need that peace today, right? We don't have to wonder what God thinks of us. We don't have to wonder where we go when we pass away from this earth because it is sealed with a guarantee. Safety, oh, the safest place in this world is in the arms of our Heavenly Father. I love this passage. Let's go back to uh, verse four there. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time had come, how many of you love action movies? You love it when that superhero swoops in at the last second. Uh, There's somebody that's like hanging on the edge of a cliff on the cusp of death, and this superhero at the very last second kind of flies in, swoops in, grabs a man or woman up up from the edge of the cliff and saves them, and you're like, yes. You, you You jump up and you celebrate in your living room. Yes, I love it, I love it. At just the right time, at just in the nick of time, the God of the universe swoops down into our world and saves us all the way to the cross. He saves us. He redeems us at just the right time. God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. Jesus wasn't this warring chariot, right, sitting up high on his throne saying, serve me. Um, he came as a humble 
servant born in the manger with the animals, right? And he got it. He went in Jerusalem on a donkey's colt. He was this humble servant, selfless, selfless king. And he was born. Imagine this table, this top of the table is like the law, right? This heavy expectations, all those you shall and you shall nots. And uh, by the way, the, the, the law, the, the law, the heart of the law is meant to allow us to experience the fullness of God, right? It's not, it's not supposed to be this like, uh, thing, okay? You with me? But there's this law, and God loves us so much that he gives us a law, a set of boundaries. But I don't know about you, but I oftentimes feel like I'm just, I'm just living under the law, right? It's this heavy. How many of you feel that? It's this heavy. Okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And you kind of get sucked into the way of the world and just earning and, and uh, you know, just being promoted. You got to work hard and strive and achieve and all that's good. But, but we forget that Jesus was born under the law, right? Anybody thankful today that Jesus was born and he walked this earth like one of us, right? He didn't come and just like, ch- I, I was sitting on top of the table if I could, but I would probably fall because I'm a klutzy. But Jesus didn't come and stand like way up high above us, right? Hey, I'm above the law. And hey, down there, little guy, little peon, you're, you're under the law. Hey, how's it going down there? He came and he became, he became one of us. He got down in the trenches just like us. He was, he was under the law. He, he understands us. He's the wonderful counselor. He knows how we feel. He knows how we're tempted. And he's, he's with us under the law. He was born of a woman, born under the law, just like us. He became he who became no sin became sin in order that we might become the righteousness of God, in order that we might become above the law. He put himself under the law so that we could rise above the law, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Anybody thankful for that today? God of the universe, he put himself on the hook to take us off the hook, right? He got what we deserve. We deserve death because of our sin, but he redeemed us. The word redeemed here is like we were kidnapped, right? We were held captive, and he paid the ransom. Anybody, any moms and dads in in the house this morning? I mean, imagine that. Imagine your kids being taken ransom, and you would pay anything. You would do anything to release the captive, to free them, right? That's what God did for us through Christ. He redeemed us. He became one of us to redeem us, to set us above the law. He put himself under the law, and he lived a perfect, sinless life. And he died a perfect death, taking our sins upon his shoulders so that we could be safe, right? We could be safe. Um, this past week, uh, Lindsay and I went to Hilton Head to the beach, and I had a great time there. Uh, but we were on a walk along the ocean, uh, a little, little more towards the evening. The sun was going down. It was beautiful. The stars were in the sky. Uh, the crescent moon was out. There was a little breeze. And it cooled us off after a hot, humid day. And we're just walking along, talking, reminiscing about our day. Uh, and on the way back, uh, we had to cross, cross by a pond, right? Cross by a pond. And some of us were just talking about how we hadn't seen any alligators yet. Uh, you can see where the story is going, not to blow uh, the... Uh, uh, the, the, the ending, but uh, we're just talking about how we haven't seen the alligators yet, and so I'm leading the pack, not because I'm brave and courageous, but because I'm walking briskly, like I can't wait to get home, right? Uh, but I'm, I'm pretending like I'm the leader and the man of the house and the most uh, courageous and brave uh, guy in the family, and so I'm walking along, walking along briskly, and my four-year-old's kind of by my side. Um, all of a sudden, to my right, 
I hear some rustling in the bushes. And um, I kind of start to walk even more briskly, and I see out of the corner of my eye, I see a large shadowy figure. I think it's a dog at first, but then, but then the, whole, the whole figure, the whole, uh, the whole shadowy uh, object uh, <clears throat> started walking right behind, right behind me, and it turns out it was not a dog. It was about a, a six-foot alligator, right? Uh, let's just say it was a 20-foot alligator, okay? A uh, 20-foot alligator walking along the path. I'm not kidding. We hadn't seen one all week, and we just got done saying we hadn't seen one. There's an alligator walking across the path. Uh, I quickly swoop up my, my daughter into, to, into my arms, put her on my shoulders. Uh, everybody, else is, everybody else is like, whoa, 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 alligator, step back, step back, step back. We made our way back to, uh, back to the house. Apparently alligators can see in the dark. They have like night vision. And apparently right when we were walking past the pond was like the high time for feeding. <laughs> so, so I'm glad my four-year-old was not consumed by this alligator. Uh, we get back to the house. We're all huffing and puffing, sweating, and we gather together, this big group hug, and I say, guys, we're safe. We're safe. Don't worry. We're safe. We're all together. We're safe. We're safe. We're safe. Now, this is a story about an alligator, right? But I think we've all been there. Maybe we haven't had, a, had an encounter with an alligator. But I think all of us, we need each other to remind ourselves that we are safe in the arms of our Heavenly Father. No matter what emerges from the shadows, maybe it's a loss of job, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, something uh, involving a family member, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's some kind of tragedy, maybe it's something totally out of the blue that emerges from the shadows. But you need to know that the Heavenly Father is right there and He knows the way home. He knows the way home. There's no place more safe than the arms of Heavenly Father. Galatians 4, verse 5, says this, so that we were redeemed from under the law by the Son, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, so that we might, we might receive. Everybody say might. Might. God did all of this on the chance that we, the people, would receive adoption, that we would receive the gift. It wasn't guaranteed. It wasn't guaranteed. But he came all the way down onto earth, walked and talked among us for 33 years, culminating on the cross, and he shed his blood on the chance that we might receive adoption. That's the kind of father I want to follow. I don't know about you. It was this reckless, overwhelming, never-ending love of our Father. And that's the second thing God whispers in our ear. The second promise is, you are loved. Turn to your neighbor next to you and say, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Uh, just recently, I discovered this story. Um, uh, and it's the story of the Grover family. And they, they were in the process of adopting their two sons from Congo and Africa. And it just took a long time. There were hoops to jump through, a lot of formalities, a lot of headache, um, a lot of heartache. And finally, finally, they were able to come across the ocean and meet their new parents. But it had been three years. The papers were signed, and they had to wait three years to meet their new sons. There was some suspension 
with uh, the exit letters. And finally, we see a scene here in the airport. Look at the joy. Look at the speed <laughs> that these kids, they, they run full speed ahead, full steam ahead, and embrace their new parents. Watch this. I mean, how many of you, how many of you have loved ones if you haven't seen them for a while? You almost just want to run full speed ahead into their arms, right, and give them a big hug. And you just can't, you can't squeeze them close enough, right? Those kids were adopted. They were lost. They were abandoned. They were unwanted. They were unaccepted. Miles and miles away, an ocean away in a foreign country. But these parents were filled with compassion. And they heard the cries of these kids. And they went through all these hoops, jumped through all these formalities just for the chance that, that it might happen. And it did. And you see the scene there, the embrace, the hug, the tears, the daddy, 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 daddy. And this word Abba, this word Abba in the scriptures means daddy. It's this intimate, fully known, fully loved, warm and fuzzy kind of relationship with our daddy. How many of us want a relationship with, with our father that is intimate? It's so close. Remember, I remember getting home after some long days uh, from work, and uh, uh, it still happens where I'll open the door, and there's this like childlike anticipation in my heart. And I hear this, this, this pitter-patter of feet running up to the door. Hey, I'm home. Hey, I'm home. And my kids will run up to me and give me a big old squeeze. And Rhett's like, hey, like you're squeezing too hard. You're cutting off the circulation. <laughs> um, but oh, there's something about this hugging your loved ones and squeezing them. The Bible says that, uh, the, the Father says, I, uh, <clears throat> he says, I, I want to be one with you. How many of us could say that with our, about our Father, our relationship with our Father, that we are one with him? How fast are we running to the arms of the Father each day? How fast do we run to other things in our time of need, in our time of help? When we're desperate, how often do we run to other things for safety? How often do we run to other people for love? We've got some good people in our lives, but at the end of the day, God is the only one who can fill that, that need. He wired us. He created us. He invented us. Of course he knows what we need, right? Yes, God can use other people, but at the end of the day, we need to run full speed ahead to our Heavenly Father, and he's waiting to wrap our arms around us and say into our ear, you are loved. You are loved. You are safe, and you are loved. Man, the Bible says that uh, perfect love drives out fear. How many of you have been filled with fear in your life, fear of the unknown, fear of how your past will affect the present, will affect the future, fear of a sickness or an illness, um, how many of us have been fearful when it comes to jobs and, and things like that? <clears throat> what, what, if, what, if you, what if you just what if you just got on your knees each day and remembered that God is in control of all that? Because perfect love drives out fear, right? If fear is in the room and a love enters the room, the fear, fear runs the other way, right? Perfect love, the perfect love that God offers us in Christ, it drives out fear. Fear is afraid of God's love. I can just picture fear over in the corner in a fetal position, just rocking back and forth, right? Because, because God is in the room. His perfect love is in the room. When you are afraid, know that the Heavenly Father is with you and for you and ahead of you, saying you are safe and you are loved. Galatians 4, 7, verse 
7. You are safe, you are loved. And then, and then Paul says this, he says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. An heir through God. Do you guys get that? You're no longer a slave, but you're a son. And if you're a son, you're, you're an heir to God. You're a co-heir with Christ. God wants us to know that he has given us an all-access VIP pass to everything he owns. You understand that? He wants us to have all of his grace. How many of you need grace? How many of you need patience? How many of you need wisdom? How many of you need more power in your life? God wants to give us all of those things. Ultimately, he wants us to have his presence both here on earth and for eternity. And as believers, as, as children, as sons and daughters of him, we have an all-access pass every day, 24-7, to the fullness of the presence of God. Anybody thankful for that today? And guess what? If you've seen the ocean lately, the waves keep coming, don't they? The waves keep coming, and so does the inheritance of God. How many, how many inheritances on this earth just run out, right? They just run out. Guess what? We are beneficiaries of all that God owns, and he wants us to have all of it. And it never runs out. Those waves keep coming. His love keeps coming. His grace, his patience, who he is keeps coming. He keeps coming. He keeps coming. I don't know about you, but I want to put my hope in something that doesn't spoil, that doesn't rust, that doesn't rot, that doesn't become outdated. It's something that is here today and still here tomorrow. May we stop putting our safety and our security in, in things of this world because it is temporary. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his inheritance never runs out. How many of us are living in view of eternity? In the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of your sadness, in the midst of your fear, may you live in view of eternity, because when we're living in view of eternity, everything on earth kind of falls into place, right? Spring Branch, may you know that the Heavenly Father is waiting to embrace you, waiting to give you a big hug, and he's whispering in your ear, you are safe, you are loved. And the third thing that he promises us is that all I have is yours. It's all yours. I don't know about you, but I'll say, God, you, you made all that stuff. <laughs> you worked pretty hard, the whole seven-day thing. It's pretty amazing you made it in seven days, but uh, <clears throat> you made all that. It's handcrafted, has your fingerprints on it. I don't deserve it. Have you seen what I've done lately? Have you, have, you, have, you, have you been listening to my thoughts lately? He's like, no, 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 no. I realize all that, but that doesn't matter, Heath. You're my son. You're my daughter. And I, I just want you to have all of it. What? Are you kidding me? Wow. The richest person who ever lived, right, on the face of this earth doesn't compare to the wealth of our God our Father in heaven. He owns everything. He owns everything. That's where I want to put my security, right? I want to invest in that, right? Um, a few years ago, my dad dropped me off in college. I remember uh, it was Calvin College in Michigan. If you put your hand up, it's right here. Grand Rapids, right there, Calvin College. Perfect map of Michigan. Um, do that later in the mirror if you want. <clears throat> but, uh, I remember my dad dropping me off in college. And I remember standing in a sea of about a thousand freshmen. 
And I remember having this fear, this anxiety. Uh, I was a little stressed out. I mean, here I was being launched into this new chapter. Um, But my dad was standing there with me in this huge horde of people. And my, my dad is standing there with me, and he, he looks me in the eye. And I've never seen him cry before. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a tender-hearted guy, a man of God. Um, but I never saw him cry until that moment. I never saw him cry until that moment. And he looked me in the eye, and he said, Heath, with tears streaming down his face, he, face, he gave me a big hug, and he said, Heath, I love you. I'm proud of you because you're my son. I'm proud of you because you're my son. And I hadn't, I hadn't taken an exam yet. I hadn't written a paper yet. I hadn't achieved anything yet. But my father was saying to me in that moment that he loved me and that he was proud of me because he was my son. And he walked away that day and there was a level of invincibility that I felt like I had because I knew that my father had my back and he was with me even though he wasn't with me. Friends, how much more so is our heavenly father proud of us? He is proud of you for just you. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do. Our heavenly father looks you in the eye today And he says, I love you because you're my son and you're my daughter. Prime Branch, rise to your feet. Receive the benediction with me this morning. May you know that the God of the universe reached down into this world and redeemed you not because you deserved it or earned it, but simply because he loves you. May you trust beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are safe. And may you believe with your whole heart that all God has is yours. May you hear the whisper of your Heavenly Father every day when you get up and when you go to bed and everywhere in between. And may you know that he is proud of you because you are his son and you are his daughter. God, thank you. Um, Thank you that you are a good, loving God. And thank you for each person in this room. As we go from here into the marketplace, business place, family, neighborhoods, communities, Lord, may we remember that you are with us and that you have our back. We love you, our Heavenly Father. We pray all this in your name. Amen.